Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. You know, the fact is that in each of our journeys, we, we encounter God in different ways. And it's the reality is that you may be here this morning and kind of checking out the whole church thing, the whole God thing. But even if that's the case, this picture of the Last Supper is probably still, a, could be familiar to you. One of the most crucial kind of moments that we have in our Christian faith, right? Jesus sitting around the table with the disciples, It's right near the end of Jesus' time, his ministry on earth, and he wants to set them up for what's to come. So I'm going to start in verse 17. It's a story that's also told in Mark 14 and in Luke 22, but obviously in Matthew 26 verse 17 is where I'm reading from. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So they go on from there. They have this most amazing and crucial encounter with Jesus. You know, Uh, In verse 26, for example, he says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. He gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You know, Jesus pointing out what he's about to do is so crucial, not just for them, the the pain that he's about to suffer, the, the things he's about to walk through is not just for them, but it's for us here and now as well, for forgiveness of sins, for the freedom, for the ability for us to be able to actually live in connection and, and relationship with God. But what's kind of got me thinking, uh, or what I've noticed in this passage just lately is the guy's house that they're at. And the particular example that he gives us of facilitating environments where people can sit with Jesus. You see, the guy's house that they're at within this story in Matthew 26, none of the accounts, not in, not in Mark, not in Luke, mention his name, where he's from, very much about him at all. Matthew just simply refers to him as a certain man, just a certain man. Now, I don't know if it was that, you know, when Matthew was writing the gospel, they were like, he was like, hey, um, you know, remember that time we sat with Jesus, we sat around the table, can you remember the guy's name? That we were, you know, we were at his house. Can you, can you? The reality is probably not. The reality is probably they did know his name, but some would say that for security reasons, they didn't reveal his name for threat of what would happen to him. Maybe they just thought that it wasn't important for the story, or maybe 
It was that it was more important not to mention his name than it was to be able to identify him, just as a, a certain man. And I want to encourage us this morning to be a certain man or a certain woman. To just simply be someone, it's not about your name being up in lights, it's not about you being the focus, it's not about you being the great evangelist, it's just simply about helping to facilitate environments where people can sit at the table with Jesus. Just a certain man, a certain woman. And of course, you know, it's not, a, it's not an unfamiliar theme that we see coming through Scripture, right? You know, just the theme of it not being about us, you know, uh, famously John the Baptist. Uh, he must become greater, I must become less. More of him, less of me. Or you've got the story in Acts 3 where, uh, you know, this, this beggar is by the gate, gate beautiful uh, and Peter and John are walking past and he calls out to them, you know, begging for money. And Peter and John turn to him and say, look, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth walk. And we celebrate the healing that that, that, that beggar got, right? But equally so... The Bible tells us that someone carried him to the gate every day. Someone carried him to the place where he could be in that space to encounter Jesus. Again, we don't know who that person was, anything about them, just that someone did. Or you've got the four friends who carry their friends through the, the roof. You know, they've got a busy, there's a busy scene, lots of people hanging around. And just some certain friends make a way for their mate to be able to get into the space where Jesus is so that they can, he can encounter them and get healed. Just certain friends. And the reality is that this room is filled with certain men and women already. I know. We're about to have long lunch this afternoon, you know. And uh, just, there's just certain people that make that happen. They're not about having a show about, yeah, I'm the one serving the tables and and in the kitchen. You know, it's not about that. It's just about facilitating a place where people can connect with one another. We've got a worship team this morning that led us in worship. It's not about the instrument they play. It's about creating an environment where we can come and connect with Jesus. We've got community group leaders who open up their homes and facilitate places where people can come and connect together to engage with each other. Just certain men and women, and of course, much broader than that. Certain men and women sitting here right now, and you're, you desire, you want to create environments around your life where just people can help to encounter Jesus. But again, you're probably a little bit like me, and you feel a little bit deficient in that in some way. And we just want to kind of break through that a little bit this morning and say, you know what, it, it perhaps isn't that difficult. Like this certain man in, 20, in Matthew 26 is faded into the background and allowed the meal to take place. So as I was thinking about this particular passage, you know, I I just want to talk about three particular observations about this certain man. Uh, Three particular things that I think can help us as we seek to do this within our own life. Are you with me so far? Does this make sense? Good. So just first observation. This certain man made room for the unexpected. He made room for the unexpected. 
In verse 18, he says, He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So here's this guy going about his daily business. Has someone come up to him and say, uh, We're coming to your house for dinner? And he, and he's, Oh, okay, uh, just yourself? Or like, couple of others? Oh, well, there'd be, uh, you know, I mean, there'd be 13 of us, uh, and probably a few hangers-on as well. I don't know how that would go down at your house. <laughs> I grew up in a house. Well, my, my mom was a, a, you know, a, a great cook and everything, you know, loved, loved to, uh, you know, do meals, but I distinctly got the message that it was not cool to turn up at 5.30 and say, Mom, I've got a bunch of mates over to have dinner, you know? Now, my in-laws, on the other hand, they are at their finest when you do that to them. <laughs> but he was ready for the unexpected. He, 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 how do we respond when the unexpected happens? I mean, you know, it's when the, the workmate suddenly shares something with you that's deeply personal, and you know that they're not just telling everyone about it. It's that for some reason they've chosen you to share with them. How do we respond when that unexpected conversation suddenly comes up? Or when you just, you, you, you just find yourself, or, or someone, for someone leads into a conversation with something along the lines of, now, you're one of those God people, aren't you? You know? And then you, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, so where, where's this going to go? Just those, those little unexpected moments. They happen all sorts of ways in, in our daily life with workmates, with customers, with colleagues, with our friends, with our family. Just... This certain man, he was ready for the unexpected. How do we respond when the unexpected happens? Also, he didn't let his challenge discount him from the opportunity. So there's really not too much that we know about the certain man, right? But one thing that is revealed to us is that in Luke 22, in his version, it says, he replied, as you enter into the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. So carrying a jar, you know, perhaps a little bit similar to the one on the screen. Now, again, don't mean to be offensive in any sort of way, but that was a woman's job. Carrying a jar of water in that time was a woman's job. So that just simply tells us that there was some reason why this particular man was carrying it and that he would stand out from the crowd. That as the disciples went in there, they would see a man carrying a jar of water and there wouldn't, it's not like there's going to be a crowd of them all doing it. There'd be someone to be able to spot out. It's possible that there was some sort of setup to it, that somehow, uh, you know, Jesus knew that he was going to be carrying the jar of water. It was, it was a bit of a secret code. Possible. But it's also possible that there was a particular reason why this man was carrying a jar of water and his wife wasn't. Perhaps he had had some sort of tragedy that he'd gone through. Perhaps he had lost his wife in some way. Perhaps something had gone on. Maybe he had made a, a fatal uh, error that had led him to doing that when normally, in normal circumstances, he wouldn't. But for some reason, 
whatever that particular challenge was that he found himself in, he didn't let that challenge stop him from taking on board the opportunity that was presented to him. And I just think that that's great news for us, you know, that we go through challenge in our life all the time and sometimes we kind of have that, that phrase that goes on in our head, well, I'd love to be able to do that and help others to encounter Christ in, in my own life. But you see, the thing is with me, dot, dot, dot. And maybe we find ourselves in circumstances and places and relating to people that we thought that we wouldn't be in the place of because of something that we've walked through. We're actually out of the norm. We thought that life wasn't quite going to go down this track. But here we are, and for whatever reason, we're interacting in this particular space. Whatever that, whatever that challenge might be to you and I, let's not let it be the thing that stops us from being able to just simply create an environment where people can be at the table with Jesus. He still can use you. He can still use me, whatever we've walked through in our life. Third little observation about this guy. Not only did he make room for the unexpected, didn't let the challenge discount him, he let Jesus do his thing. He just stood back and let Jesus do his thing. And I think this is the real pressure off moment, you know? We don't need to manhandle those interactions, those encounters. We can just trust the process. We can trust that Jesus, in the mixed, can do his thing. I, um, I had an interesting um, event that, that took place some, some time back. A, a couple of years ago, a, a cycling friend of mine uh, became a Christian. And uh, is is awesome. Just you know, a real a real kind of moment of, of celebration. But there was something that kind of through his journey uh, that just kind of revealed. It kind of hit home with me a little bit. And particularly as, as Calvin was passionately talking about Facebook uh, last week. If you were here, you recall that. I thought I might just bring a positive experience of Facebook. <laughs> It was really interesting. So there's a, a cycling group uh, that, that I'm part of uh, on Facebook, and it's just basically a, a bunch of people that use it to coordinate rides, talk about cycling stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And there was one particular uh, member of this group uh, who I, I would refer to as a vegan evangelist. Now, if you're a vegan here this morning, that's totally cool. It's totally cool. Don't, don't let me lose you. But you may have met people who have a particular passion in their life. No cycling? No, anyway. Particular passion in their life. And, and, and just every opportunity to kind of bring it to the surface, just to talk about the merits of veganism, to try and convince you that you would be good as a vegan as well. Here is this cycling group. And it became a bit of a joke, right? You know, here's this guy who's just talking about vegan. It's like, hey... This is a cycling group, you know? <laughs> but it was really interesting. This friend of mine who went on to become a Christian, he, he, made a, 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 he got to the point of making a comment on this group, uh, and, and he was like, you know, words to the effect of, look, this is a cycling group for talking about stuff to do with cycling, and uh, it's all good that you're a vegan, uh, but can you 
not use this forum for talking about that. And then he said the interesting thing. There's a bunch of people on this group who are deeply committed to their Christian faith. Ooh. In fact, there's some who are even pastors at churches. And you never hear them trying to convert us on this group. I didn't even realise that he knew that any of us were Christians on the group. And it really highlighted me to me the other fact that you also never really know what's going on in someone's heart. We're just going about our life, you know? We didn't see it as the, as the right forum, the right place to, to kind of present our views of our Christian faith, to present our theological doctrine of what Jesus did on the cross, <laughs> you know? We're just a bunch of people who have a shared passion and we're happy to share life with you. You know, like it was, it was really cool. It was just like a, it was a real kind of moment of victory, you know, amongst us all uh, who were on the group who were Christians. And uh, I, I was just like, this is a great thing, you know, just a little piece, just a little piece in the puzzle of someone's journey to find God. And really all, all that I'm getting at this morning is I don't feel like I've got this uh, mastered or, you know, nailed in any sort of way. Please, uh, most often, nine times out of ten, any time that I grab a microphone or preach like this, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you. (laughs) But it's just leading to that question, how are we creating environments, encounters, for people to sit at the table with Jesus? How are we creating room? for people to sit at the table with Jesus. You will do that in your own creative, awesome way, in your own environment, in your own context. You know, I mean, we've got some very literal examples of that coming up, you know, obviously in the next little while, long lunch I've referred to, uh, we've got our midwinter Christmas dinner. It's a, it's a literal uh, great opportunity to bring others to the table, you know, to sit around the table, just to have a great night together. But obviously I'm talking much broader than that. And just that thought of, you know, just imagine if we all just walk through life with that intention. Imagine the stories that could be told, just the little pieces in the puzzle that we could help be a part of and seeing people being able to sit at the t- We're all invited to the table. Let's seek to be people, just certain men and women who would create those environments for others to sit there with Jesus. Lord, we come to you just asking for your help. We recognise, Lord, that this is part of the call that you have to us. For those of us who are Christians here this morning, Lord God, this is part of the mission. And Lord, we, we often feel so deficient in this area and that we don't have all the magic answers and we fail as we, as we bumble along at times, Lord God. But yet we come to you again and ask that you just help us. Help us to be people who would see others within our world sit at that table with you, however it happens. Let it not be about our part to play, but let it be about you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, God, that you desire to sit at that table with every individual.
and just while you've got your heads bowed, you know, like if you, if you are in that space of not yet uh, being a Christian or you're on that whole God journey, we'd love to chat. You know, we'd love to pick up that conversation with you. And uh, if after the service in just a few, a few moments you want to uh, come and have a conversation about it or talk to the friends around you that you've come with or talk to one of the team here, we'd love to just continue on that conversation with you. But Lord, we commit these things that we've talked about experience today to you. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.